The Marlins drop the final game of the series against the Mets and lose the series 3-1, 4-6 and six on the road trip. Are the Marlins now done? Have we finally got the white flag up for this 2022 season? I think it's still too early, but we're going to dig into all of the news and action from that match. A career day. There's no way, no other way to call it. Encarnacion. That is coming up on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with and don't forget to follow me, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget to hit subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. This, there are five episodes a week. Yep, five episodes covering the 2022 Marlins. And this is the Monday edition. Welcome to the Monday edition. This is coming at you live immediately after the final pitch was thrown on the Monday game, a UK-friendly Monday, which doesn't happen that often. Uh, and in reality, happened that often <laughs> again the rest of the year. It was a terrible game. And the Marlins were handsomely defeated by the Mets. 6-0. It felt very, very 2021 Marlins. Picked off runners. No runners. You know, catching issues too. Wild pitches, pass balls. I don't know, however you want to score it. It was just a real sloppy performance. Rodgers, oh boy, it could have got out of hand really early with Trevor in that first inning. Bases juice, no outs, just gave up one run. Then he settled in, actually, which was nice to see. Um, but the Marlins, they dropped this uh, this final game. They could have split. They ended up taking the loss, losing the series. And if you, you recall, the Marlins obviously also lost the series in Philly, but took the series in Houston. So a three ends. The Marlins win one, lose two of the series, and four and six in the 10 games. Overall, they played some good teams. You know, we've got to call it out. I mean, the Astros, the Phils, and the Mets, that is three tough, tough teams. So four and six isn't the worst outcome ever <laughs> by any stretch. Um, and there were some bright spots. There were some bright spots for sure. I mean, let's we're going to get into some of them. Uh, but remind the guys that this episode... It is brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as well, thank you for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Uh, hopefully, you've just finished the game. You're now going to sit back and listen to a re no guest either. So, just with me today, solo pod on a Monday. I have to hold my hands up too. I did off slightly, had a little doze around the sixth inning. So I did miss some of the action. Uh, Dylan Flora was pitching. Next thing I woke up and Tommy Nance was pitching and things went sideways again. <laughs> so that kind of summed it up. But listen, today's game, Trevor Rogers. let's start there. It was, again, another real struggle in that first inning. Bases reduced, no outs. He gets out of it with just one run. Trevor then settles in. And if I'm honest, it's actually probably the best we've seen Trevor, um, or that I can remember anyway, particularly in recent weeks. Like, it, it actually looks like Trevor 
once he got going, like clearly the first thing, but it, it was a little bit misleading actually because there was a error, I think, to Birdie at third base. There was a broken bat single. It was one of those where, you know, just the base is juiced. Um, and then to get out of it, I, I thought he was pitching well. Rod Allen in the booth was calling it as well, like kind of calling a good game for him, looking for that fastball high, get that fastball control going, get the changeup going. Those two, the perfect pair in last year, the fastball change combo was electric. Um, and just the fastball's been getting demolished and the changeups just not been drawing any swings and misses. So that's been the problem for Trevor, but it looked a lot better today. What was the final line for him today? Uh, apologies, I've literally just hit record on, on this straight after the game. Uh, so it ended up five innings. Five and two walks and seven Ks. Seven Ks. His ERA sitting on the year at 583. So it's still not Trevor Rogers. He's now three and six on the year. Takes the L. Dylan Floro came in. The Bass Man equally came in. Um, and then Tommy Nance got blown up a little bit towards the back end. Um, but on the offensive side, clearly yesterday we had a big, big day. Uh, Gerard Encarnacion with his debut, a salami on his debut, an outfield assist and a stolen bag. What a debut. Piece it all together. That is just, that is stunning. He gets to start again today. And unfortunately, it was not quite as good today. So uh, Gerard ends up with, at bats, five men left on base. Um, no Ks, so he wasn't striking out. Um, uh, ground out some some hard hit balls too, but the Marlins in general they've struggled against lefty lefty pitching all year um, for whatever reason because a lot of their more productive players um, other than Jazz perhaps are, are righty hitters. I mean obviously Soler, Avi added Aguilar, Miggy Rose obviously great against against lefties, but as a team the Marlins have really really struggled. And I saw a tweet just before I went live from from Aram um, tip the cap to the the old, the old host of Lockdown Marlins, but just, just how bad the Marlins' offense is against lefties, and it's the worst in the league uh, by some distance, I believe. And that kind of rings true. Um, but today, they they got runners. They got runners on base. That wasn't a problem, particularly early in the game. They you know, multiple runners on. Peterson wasn't that sharp either, or didn't feel that sharp. Was pitching, you know, behind in the count a lot early on. But it was just this like constant issue all year being able to score runners not being able to get runners in um in scoring position or drive them in i mean they ended up being shut out today so they didn't get any runners in no runs uk friendly pain for me i'm not sure how many people watching the game it didn't feel like there was that many i mean clearly it's a it's a work time in the u.s so i guess the majority uh skip this one uh, but yeah, just the runners in scoring position piece, the driving the runners in, It's it's been a common theme. Dan Greenlee called it out on Swings and Mishes recently. You know, overall, the numbers say this offense is okay, middle of the pack, but it really isn't middle in the pack, middle of the pack, sorry, in terms of getting these these runners in. And it's hard to to put your finger on on why that is. Um, and I, I mean, I don't have the answers. I absolutely don't, but, and I'd love to understand more. Um, so if you're listening and and, and, and you've, being able to understand what's going on, or you've played the game, like what changes did Nathan change when there's runners on um, from a hitting perspective? I mean, it shouldn't really, but you know, it's it's just the Marlins just can't get the key hits and the key spots to get you know get some runs. In this game, it's six nil. It feels like the Mets handled the Marlins, and and to an extent they did. However, you know, 
it was close early doors. It really was. Ants as well were sloppy today. It, it was like they, the, from a, a defensive standpoint, they weren't on. Uh, there was an error on Birdie. Uh, there was, a, I think, a throwing error, error from Bass. Um, should have rolled a double play, ends up throwing it and spiking it in front of Miggy. You know, it just, it wasn't good. It just felt like, and, and again, Stallings wasn't too sharp behind the dish either. I mean, I think a couple of them or all of them were, were scored wild pitches. Um, so he didn't get a, a pass ball, but didn't feel clean behind the dish. Uh, and equally in the infield too, it didn't didn't feel clean. Obviously, we had a big error early in the season, in, in the series with the Mets uh, in center field. Um, De La Cruz straight to him and just drops one. That was in the Pablo start when uh, the Mets took a 3-0 lead and kind of set the tone for this series. You know, probably, you know, this game is summed up when we all look back, what's going to be the main highlight that's going to be showed by the majority of the uh, the broadcast outlets. And Brian De La Cruz in the outfield popping a fan balloon. <laughs> that's That's probably going to be the main highlight for the Marlins. So, you know, it was a tough Monday, tough game, a tough way to start the week. Um, but there were some other bright spots. But I also want to kind of dig into the roster moves we've seen this week. I didn't record an episode on Friday. I was hanging on to see because it felt like the lineup was going to be, um, you know, come out so late. It felt like things were brewing. We didn't quite know what the news was going to be. And the Marlins ended up scrambling around. So, you know, we'll dig into those roster moves and what it means because it meant over the weekend we got to see Lewin Diaz and, and Heyran Canacion have already mentioned so let's dig into what it means for those boys, what the future may hold. Uh, but reminder, guys, that this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. And listen, I've mentioned it now for multiple weeks. I've been using their product every day. They sent me a goodie box of their AG1 product. And listen, guys, what is it? It's it's simple. Clear. And you put one scoop, one scoop of AG1. Into water, shake it up in the morning. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of the things. Sounds absolutely stunning, no doubt about it. So that's all you have to do. You basically just got to... Put a scoop in water, shake it all about, drink it. It is a glowing green color. It looks, it, you know, it does what it's in, Athletic Greens. So to make it easy, though, Athletic Greens, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. All right, guys, as I mentioned, you know, we were clamoring for it. Lewin Diaz is up. This time he actually gets some starts. If you recall last time, the Marlins made him drive four or five hours, have no sleep and have a cup, you know, literally a cup of coffee, didn't even get any playing time and then sent him back to, uh, to, to AAA. Um, but this time, Jesus Aguilar and Sanchez both land on the COVID IL. Not quite clear on the timeline. Did hear from I uh, felt like the guys were going to be able to fly back with the team. To that points to a promising situation there from, from those players' perspectives. Anyway, likely they'll, they may rejoin 
the roster, you know, perhaps even tomorrow uh, against the Rockies that are coming to town. But, you know, it, it did give an opportunity for us to get a look at Lewin again at the big leagues. And I mean, really with Lewin, what do we see? The glove is just absolutely sensational. The, one of the main other storylines, the fact that his glove didn't even make it to New York. So we basically he ends up, um, you know, having two games and two starts, but he had no glove. They go and get him a new one from, I don't know, a local goods or whatever. Mm-hmm. And next thing is one of the Marlins coaches hitting ground balls with the glove to break it in, which was, you know, pretty funny storyline yesterday. Um, or the day before, sorry. Um, but, you know, Lewin, great with the glove. We know that. And the question we, 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 we've we got to work out here with Lewin very quickly, I think, is, is the bat going to play at the major league level? I truly believe it will. Like, the times we've seen Lewin up, I'm impressed with him. The power is so easy. So, so easy. The glove is so, so nice. And it's just, it feels like a real plug-and-play guy um, for the Marlins. And, but, they seem, you know, clearly with the, the way the roster's constructed right now, there's a there's a lack of willingness to to give give him playing time, and really, it's going to need a trade or an injury um, to really clear the the pathway for for Lewin Diaz the rest of the way. And reminder though, the end of June, when the Marlins moved Corey Dickerson specifically to get Jesus Sanchez uh, playing time in the outfield to get a full look at him, Lewin Diaz were in a similar spot here. Need to know. I think we got to look at Jesus Sanchez. Well, extended playing time, and we all came away. He's a legitimate major league uh, outfielder, uh, and clearly this year has had to shunt into center for job too. Um, and I, the Marlins need to do something similar right now with with Lewin. I mean, we got to kind of look at this, you know, pretty objectively right now. The Marlins are seven games under five hundred. Five. They're twenty nine and thirty six. Um, they've got a plus 13 run differential. So listen, they've been unlucky. They've lost a lot of one-run games. The bullpen hasn't been good. Ra rah, rah, et cetera, et cetera. The, the rotation's decimated pretty much. I mean, the back end of it's decimated. So, you know, you're, you're leaning on Braxton, Bra- you know, Dan the Man Castano, et cetera. Um, you know, and it, it shouldn't be overlooked how well um, Dan Castano particularly pitched against the the Phils. Uh, you know, Brax was okay, uh, in his last outing, but, you know, was good in his first one. So, you know, but it feels unlikely the Marlins are going to go on a real, real run right now. Plus, they've got, obviously, Ricky run of it now, too. They've obviously got the Rockies coming to town. And the Rockies on the road is an enticing option. So, decent chance they can win this series, uh, three-game series. But then the Mets then come. We've just seen the Mets. They're a good ball club this year. They are. And then the Marlins then continue that, head on the road to go and play in St. Louis, uh, which will be tough. Three games there. Then, you know, another breather early July, three games on the road in uh, Washington. So, you know, there's actually there's four games there uh, on the road there in in, in Washington. You know, two series coming up the Marlins should be expecting to win. Two series that they're probably not going to be expected to win. Uh, with that being said, it's, it's improbable to see them going on a major, major run. Um, so that's we're in that point of the season now, end of June, you know, they're looking out of it. They're looking out of it. And there's Jesus Aguilar on expiring deal coming off the COVID IL, but nevertheless, big clubhouse guy. It's got to be getting into time now where you, you look to try and deal Aguilar. The problem the Marlins face though, actually is the first base is looking strong. 
real strong this year across the NL and Major League Baseball. Like first base doesn't seem to be a major weakness. The Marlins are feeling that too. Clearly, they've got Aguilar, they've got Coop, they've got Lewin. Uh, J-Ron Canastion can play some first base. You know, there's a lot of first base options out there, and that means that they're limited in, in you know, maybe who will be looking to be looking to buy and someone like Jesus Aguilar. But even if, you know, a, a top-level team, you know, maybe like, a I don't know, a Giants or someone like that thinks, okay, we'll, we'll use him as a bench batter or a platoon guy. We'll wait and see on that. Um, you know, and the other interesting wrinkle today knocking around is the Dodgers uh, have lost Mookie Betts for, uh, let's say, a prolonged period. They're in the market now for uh, an outfielder, uh, a right-handed outfielder by all accounts. And, you know, listen, the Marlins, they absolutely have a few of them that are available you know everyone's jumping to the conclusion of the, the hope perhaps that avi garcia uh could solve the dodgers problem in the outfield um i'm not convinced they'll they'll be able to make that one happen i mean even if the marlins just said listen you can have him for free um would the dodgers do that and take the take the 50 mil owed or the 45 million owed or whatever it is now I, i'm still not convinced uh, the dodgers would go down that path jorge soler could be an interesting option for them you know got to be honest i mean soler is more enticing. The contract is better. It's shorter, um, and he's playing better than than Avi Garcia. Clearly, you know the Avi Garcia situation. We've said it multiple times, multiple, multiple times on this podcast, on Twitter, on everyone's podcast. It's just not been good. It hasn't. It's been, you know, worse than average. It's been terrible from Avi Garcia in the main. I just don't understand really what's happened there. It's just been, you know, the grounders to third over and over and over again has not been good at all from Avi. Um, and I don't know. I just really don't understand what's happened. It has kind of improved slightly. Nevertheless, though, you know, this is at the heart of the Marlins' problems. The fact that Avi Garcia, their big offseason uh, thus far. Could the Marlins flip him? I don't know. I'm not convinced. Could know they should explore that, and I think they will. I, I do not that contract was always tradable. If he level, Soler to the Dodgers, why not? Soler to the Braves, you know, clearly there's a fit there too as well. They've kind of solved a little bit their their outfield conundrum now with uh, with Harris coming up, taking over for a center field and Duval shifting back to a corner. I think that's... Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see. You know, the Marlins at the deadline. They may be buyers too. They obviously had the, the news knocking around that Ramon Laureano was of interest to the Marlins. And listen, the Marlins should look to buy now. They should, you know, they're clearly, they'd look to try and move the, the rental guys, um, you know, as, as they can, or maybe clear some space, but they should look to buy if they can for the future, like they did in Allen's situation, you know, something similar, obviously, if, if the Pirates think, okay, um, Brian Reynolds has got to go, but I don't know, I mean, where do the Marlins go from this? They're, uh, are we just, are we just getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. Maybe that's the other thing to think of because the offense isn't that bad. It, it isn't. And maybe we're, we're kind of a little bit quick to try and just sell everyone and trade everyone and start again. I mean, the offense hasn't been that bad. I think, listen, if you replace, if you replace with just anyone that's an average, been, been an average hitter this year, and that's the only move he did. And, you know, clearly they've had some injuries recently, so it's been tough. But if you swapped out Avi, had a league average hitter, and you added a closer, then 
I think still this Marlins team is in the mix. I mean, we've just seen it. They've gone head to head with all these, you know, good clubs in the last um, you know, week and a half. And, you know, they've they've held their own. They'll always hold their own, particularly when Sandy's going. I mean, we'll talk about Sandy real shortly now in um in in a few minutes after the next ad. But the Marlins are always in games. The run differential says so. The amount of one run games they're losing says so as well. You know, they're maybe one or two hitters away from being, you know, uh a good team, dare I say it. So going back to it, I think they absolutely need to pull the trigger on on Aguilar. I just can't see the Marlins extending Aguilar. I think he's going to go to free agency. It just, I just don't see the fit there. The way that they've kind of clashed over the financials and the arbitration pieces, it's obvious to me that the Marlins are unwilling to commit to Aguilar, and so he should be moved. I think pretty soon. I think that would be my, my recommendation to Kim Ang. <laughs> Not that she would be listening to this pod and taking any of my recommendations, but look to move Aggie. Tough as it may sound, but move him, get Lewin up there, get him playing majority of the days. Um, J-Ron Canacion equally is then is an interesting one. I think Jesus Sanchez, when he's back, um, the question then is, if Jesus is back, well, let's have a look, a longer look at J-Ron and send Brian Dalla Cruz back down to AAA. Obviously, he was optioned earlier in the year. He didn't even make the opening day roster. So the Marlins were comfortable not having, you know, a backup option in center field. Bertie's around at the moment. So Bertie could flip into center as well if needed, or Luke Williams probably could or whatever. But, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a run for j I would. I would like to see what he's got. He's been scorching hot in, you know, this year, you know, the majority of the year in the minors. And so it feels right that you, you give him a run. I mean, a salami, stolen bag, you know, 0 for 4 day today. I'm interested to see, if he gets a run against the Rockies, I mean, the Rockies pitching has been pretty average thus far as well. So there should be opportunities for the Marlins. And I think J-Ran Canacion should you know, be given an opportunity. Let's see what he's got. He's only got one option year left. So they can option him next year in 23. But after that, you know, in 24, it's then to, you know, if you don't want to count, he's either traded, DFA'd, or, um, you know, I guess they're the two options. So, you know, I think the the Marlins need to find out what they've got there. He's he's been on the forty man for a while, hasn't really been given any opportunities. He's hot now. Let's see what he's got. Um, with that being said, guys, reminder that this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, sir. Bet Online. Bet Online is one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Hopefully you had some good good bets down on the U.S. Open golf uh, over the, the weekend. Okay, English winner, Matt, Matt Victor. Fitzpatrick, of course. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Better line where the game starts. Speaking of starts and starters, Sandy Alcantara, baby. Another eight-inning display from Sandy Alcantara. I went off on one last week talking about Sandy, saying he's the best pitcher in baseball. He is. He's absolutely cemented it. I think Sandy, there's just no one like him in Major League Baseball right now. The, just the length, the sheer length out of Sandy is just... It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I just love the fact that Don't even blink when Sandy's in, in the 90 pitch range now. It's like 
stay out there, big lad. Stay out there. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from Sandy. It's just filth. And there was some, you know, listen, the, the change-up is just, it's just electric right now. Sandy is electric. He's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball right now consistently. And there's no one like him. He's, like, he's a unicorn, Sandy Alcantara, right now because no one has the length and the stuff that Sandy does. about him. He's been absolutely stunning. Pablo Lopez was back as well. He obviously skipped, or Pablo got the start in game one against the Mets. And, boy, it was a bit of an adventure there for Pablo, obviously going down 3-0 um, in the first inning. The bomb to Lindor. Lindor had a real nice series, by the way. Um, looked good at short, and obviously he was a, was a threat. He's having a nice year. Peter Alonso uh, got the salami as well in game one. So the Mets came out roaring in, in that first game. Um, but Pablo Lopez, you know, good to see him back. That was the main thing. The game got away from the Marlins. It was what it was. But Pablo said, no effects to the wrist. The wrist is fine. I think it was, you know, Donnie said post-game that he felt like Pablo was in his head a little bit thinking about the wrist, which is, you know, to be expected. Doesn't want to, you know, he's got a history with injuries, clearly. So, you know, it'll be on his mind. But I think, you know, it was it was good for him to get through the amount of pitches he did, albeit, yeah, okay, the, you know, the salami late later on uh, hurt the ERA um, obviously for, for Big Pete you know it was it was good to see him back you know, overall it was it was a tough tough series for the Mets you know they were handled pretty easily obviously in, in game one the Sunday Sandy start was was obviously wonderful um, and you know it was just a perfect game and for a few different reasons um, but you you then get into the, you know, the one-run game. You know, giving up a couple of runs early. Um, Diaz, you know, came in with a save. Tried his best to blow it. In some ways, the Marlins get one run back, but the Marlins did nothing on the Saturday game. They were pretty disappointing. You know, today was shut out, but seven hits, two errors. Uh, again, it was, it wasn't a snoozer of a game. The Marlins were in it, but just couldn't capitalize. So you've kind of seen the whole plethora of the Marlins here, blown up on one day. Snoozer offense on the Saturday. J-Ron Canacion coupled with a Sandy Alcantara start on the Sunday and get the W. And then it was felt like a 2021 getaway day special with errors, couldn't convert chances, and then in the end getting blown up for the Marlins. So that's going to wrap us up for today's episode on Monday of Locked on Marlins, guys. Thank you for making Locked on Marlins your first listener today. It was just me, solo pod with... With me, Peter Pratt, but I'll be back tomorrow previewing the Rockies series. So we'll get we'll get some insight and analysis on these Rockies again. Looking forward to that one. Dan the Man Castano gets the ball tomorrow. So really intrigued to see how Dan can follow up his last start against the Phils, uh, which again, of course, was a painful one uh, with the Marlins being walked off. But nevertheless, excited to see what Castano in game one. So we'll be back tomorrow previewing. Relax. Enjoy your rest of your evening. Back on Tuesday.